Do that one more time. Yeah, welcome to Man Fully Alive Podcast. My name is Mike with a mic, and this is my buddy. Deacon Nick. So it's important to note that if you do not have fun when you are in this life, frankly, you're less attractive. And it's not important to be attractive, but if you're going to evangelize and live your faith, Christ calls you to have joy and have it in its fullness. And if you do not celebrate that, man, you're missing out on a lot of fun. So true. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, it is April the 15th and it is the third week of Easter. Holy cannoli. Third week. You know, people are getting tired. You know, people, people it's are like, a long listen, time, man. he has totally been risen for two weeks now. <laughs> for a long time. I mean, he's, he is just yeah. so risen. Yeah. The, the bread is leavened now. I, I think we forgot. <laughs> forgot wow he's risen still yeah he is he is uh he is alive hallelujah. hallelujah and he is the reason for hope amen and so we are going to kick this thing off in a prayer excellent excellent let's start in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen amen lord jesus thank you uh, for this week for this uh podcast for the ability for us to listen in order to raise our hearts and minds to you to remind ourselves that you are risen, to remind ourselves that Easter goes on, the, the celebration continues. And help us, Lord, to have a real sense of joy and celebration in our hearts, in our minds, in our conversations, in our attitudes. Um, for it is you that we glorify uh, by remembering the way in which you've blessed us and the great season of celebration that you've allowed us to experience now. And so we ask you to help us to fully enter into it. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Indeed. Mm. Loving it. Some of the, just to kind of recap what we covered last week and some of the challenges that we had left on the table from last week was about doubt. Last week's reading was uh, primarily focusing on Thomas and Sadly, the fact that he has the stigma of doubting Thomas for all eternity, but what he's probably receiving accolades in heaven for being so uniquely human and still pursuing the Lord in a uniquely human way, you know? Yeah. I mean, a, a real model for us, in fact, because of that. I mean, I don't know about you. I'm superhuman. Oh yeah. Oh no, well, no, no. I'm no, sorry. No. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just very human. That's what I mean. I'm very human. I'm super at being very human. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I am very flesh. Yeah. Uh, well, the 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 point to evaluate the places where we ourselves have doubt, I, and I, I think it's so it's so difficult to pause for a moment, right? To take this to my faith yeah. and 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 I have to I have to use that doubt as a driving force to seek out clarity in those places of doubt and and essentially doubt is the impetus of desiring truth when I have doubt you know I have to lean into this 
human urge for truth. I, I have to lean into this vacancy in my knowledge base and my vacancy in my understanding base to pursue truth. And I think that's a really good impulse because the, the opposite of it, of it would be, well, I have a doubt uh, and I don't, I don't know what to think about this or that within the faith, but I'm busy. I don't want to research it. I don't, I don't have the time to ask a lot of questions to a lot of people. And so I think the real temptation oftentimes is not to seek out that truth that we might be doubting or wondering about simply because it's inconvenient. I know I've fallen into that before. I've been lucky enough to where I've sought out or I've, or I've been forced to seek out uh, knowledge about the faith through my education throughout the years. But um, that isn't forced on everybody, and that isn't an opportunity that everybody has. Uh, and, I, and I think you're right that when we experience doubt, to have an automatic trigger or to form it somehow that immediately when I have a doubt, that, that means, oh, that means I need to start asking questions and seeking answers. Yeah, I think most of the time the natural human inclination, because I, uh, Matthew Kelly does a phenomenal reflection on this in the, in the, his book Rediscovering Catholicism, where he says um, the three most basic poisons that exist in human society that are so insipid, right? They have seeped so well into our culture are minimalism, what's the least I can do? Mm. Individualism, what's in it for me? And hedonism will it feel good? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And oftentimes doubt can put us into that place of, of minimalism of, well, do I really need to know? Do I really need to know this? Does it really matter? Is it, does it really matter if I, if I have this doubt, maybe that doubt just means that it's not important. Well, and perhaps seeking the answer won't be very fun either. So you get the hedonism in there as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, sometimes it takes work to overcome that doubt. Right. Some of the places where I, I, this just even this past week was was doubting the uh, the value of the masculine role within my family, right? Mm. The, I was I was truly uh, I've been reading this. Uh, it, it's a book called uh, Into the Breach, and it's not even a book. It's a booklet that was written by uh, uh, Most Reverend uh, Olmstead. Okay, out yeah, of yeah. Uh, uh, Phoenix. Phoenix, yeah. yeah. And it says that there is a war going on right now on the role of father and the masculine role within the family right yeah. because out of out of pride out of uh and, and frankly out of laziness out of out of men not taking the role of the spiritual for you know forefront and the spiritual head of the family um this has had countless effects of men not answering calls in their life out of laziness sure. and out of, out of fear of failure. Right. And, and, and think about it, let's even drill down to that. You know, fear of failure is essentially the most human emotion that exists. You know, if, if I have a, if I have an overwhelming fear of failure, sometimes it's hard for me to get out of bed in the morning. Sure. Well, it can prevent you from doing or accomplishing just about anything. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, as we know, all things great, all things worth doing in this world require work, require sacrifice, and require the, the scariest thing of all, risk. Yeah. And that risk, ex it, it, it exceeds the barrier of our comfort zone, right? Right. That risk is outside of the bubble that we're most familiar with and most favored towards. And so that doubt 
if it's become a comfort zone for a long period of our life, right? If we've dwelled in that doubt of saying, you know, I don't see the value of a dad. You know, I don't see the value of this because maybe I didn't have one. Maybe I didn't have an example of this thing in my life, which I was lucky to have. I had a fantastic father. And, you know, there were definitely places where he could have used some polishing, but I'm reflecting on myself as a dad now. Yeah, careful. I, 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 do, I, I, <laughs> I do not. I'm, I'm not batting a thousand, you sure. know, but the beauty of our Lord is he continues to give us opportunities to bat. Right. Yeah. Well, Mike, I had a, I had a, an experience like that this week as well. My daughter was in the hospital, had a appendicitis, needed to get her appendix out. And, uh, and, and I forgot it wasn't even fear or doubt. I, I forgot that I needed to teach her to pray through the painful experience, to rely on God to get her through the painful experience. You know, it's, it's amazing. And in fact, that's the point I was going to bring up, bring up, you know, when, when it comes to this whole issue of doubt, there's, there's very little about the faith that I, that I don't believe, you know, I believe in the Eucharist, the sacraments, the, the priesthood, the Trinity, all these things. Right. Um, but it's keeping it on the forefront of my mind. It's, it's staying, um, diligent in the faith. It's, it's reminding myself that I do believe these things and living them out, uh, in a conscious way. Uh, and, and that, that example of, of teaching my daughter, that was such a teaching moment that I let pass by. Uh, and, and I think that's what a lot of people who live the faith day in and day out might experience is just that, uh, oh yeah, I, I could do this or I could do that. Yes, I, I believe in the faith, but wow, are we discerning these possibilities each day or, or, or opportunities to be able to spread the faith, live the faith in this particular way, etc. And how do we learn from those places where we maybe not necessarily pick up our cross as quickly as we should have, <laughs> right? Yeah. Where there's an opportunity here for me to be a guide for my child, right? Yeah. And... and it is, there are so many times where maybe you pick it up well and, and other times where you pick it up and, and you fall flat on your face. Yeah. And I, I, I'm thinking about, this was a time where I picked it up well. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't my daughter, it was my niece. Mm. And she was saying, you know, I have some friends that are not as financially as well off as me. Right. I have, I have friends who don't have some of the nice things that I have. You know, they just... Uh, finished a house that they were building. And uh, it was it was interesting because she said, you know, sometimes I'm embarrassed to bring people to my home because I have more than they than they have. Mm. And that's that's pretty. How old is she? Uh, that's oh, pretty profound. She's 12. She's 12, you know. Wow. 11, 12, somewhere in there. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, mm. And I said, you should never feel embarrassed by the gifts that God has given you. Yeah. And I had a good moment there, but then I also followed up with, and this is where the part where maybe, maybe I communicated this well, maybe I didn't, but I said, you know, do, do you know that your mom and dad have different, you know, that everybody shows love in a different way, right? She goes, yeah. And I go, well, sometimes when people love, they, they share it in the form of gifts and, and form of the life that they can give to you. Because maybe they're, you know, feeling bad about maybe not giving in another way that they were capable of. So they want to give well in the places that they're capable of giving well. Sure. And uh, you should look at this house, you know, that's that's built now as a sign 
of your parents' love for you. And she goes, well, then they must really love me a lot. Oh, and it was, it was a cool moment, right? Like that was, uh, and we were walking downstairs after she had kind of showed me her room and it was cool. And, uh, she goes, thanks for talking to me, uncle Michael. And that was just kind of a cool moment, right? That is cool. It's a good lesson, especially so young. Oh yeah. And, uh, oh man, I had another one that was, it was cool. I, uh, I always try to tell Emily I'm proud of her. Right. Mm -hmm. And I said, Emily, I'm proud of you. Uh, you were listening really well to mommy today. And she goes, daddy, I'm really proud of you. And I go, oh yeah, what for? <laughs> and she goes, you played with me all day today. Oh. And I was just like, oh, wow. you know, it, it was like piercingly beautiful, but also kind of like a dagger to the heart. Sure, like, sure. You don't noticed, do that every day, daddy. Yeah, yeah. She noticed that there are days that I can't play with her. Mm. And she, she, was, she was proud of me, right? She was joyed. She had joy for me because I had spent the whole day, right? <laughs> Just making it about she and I and, and the family. Out of the mouth of babes. Oh, man. That's and there's great. so many little lessons there, right? So, yeah, there's plenty of places to reflect on Thomas and, and reflect on his role in that gospel of put your hand in my hand, put your hand in the wound in my side, and, and do not be unbelieving but believe. Believe, so believe. let's let's jump into the gospel for this week uh do you want to go ahead and read that off sure yeah uh comes to us from luke 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 uh <laughs> no but in all, all seriousness uh, a reading from the gospel of luke the two disciples recounted what had happened what had taken place on the way and how jesus was made known to them in the breaking of the bread while they were still speaking about this He stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. But they were startled and terrified and thought that they were seeing a ghost. Then he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do questions arise in your heart? Look at my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, because a a ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you can see I have. And he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet, while they were still incredulous for joy and were amazed. He asked them, have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of baked fish, and he took it, and he ate it in front of them. He said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and in the prophets and psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written, that the Christ would suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be preached in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. What a beautiful reading that is. It's uh, it's refreshing to uh, just to, to, to kind of dwell in Christ's presence and to hear about other people that are getting to kind of dwell in Christ's presence. Yeah, that's precisely what they're doing. But can you imagine? I, I think every person I know has lost a friend, right? Yeah. Lost someone in their life. 
that was dear to them. Yeah. Right. I think most people over the whole of their life will at some point become familiar with death. And when that happens, I mean, imagine this, right? If there was someone that had a profound impact on you that had died, but now you're, you're do, 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 just walking home, you know? <laughs> oh this my is, gosh. What is that? This is on the road back from Emmaus, right? Yeah, well, that, so they came back from Emmaus to Jerusalem, and they're there with the apostles and relating to them what had happened, right? They, they witnessed Jesus in the breaking of the bread. Okay. And I love how it says, you know, <clears throat> and while they were still speaking about this. So these, these two guys that were on the road to Emmaus are there with the apostles when this happens. And lo and behold, like you say, do-do-do-do-do, talking about our experience with Jesus in the breaking of the bread, and yeah. boom, there he is. You know, mic drop all yeah, of a sudden, yeah. you know, <laughs> not me, not me. Yeah. yeah we didn't drop you. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. The mic. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. so, uh, Jesus is there in their midst and, and he has to address that with them. Right. He's like, um, no, I'm not a ghost y'all. I'm, you know, yeah. flesh and blood. Look, look at me, feel me. I can't, you see my flesh, my bones clearly. Yeah. I am. And, and I think this is important at that time. Ghost stories wasn't something that was invented in the last 50 years. Okay. Alfred Hitchcock <laughs> right. did not invent ghost stories through scary movies, right? Yeah. Ghost stories existed since stories existed. Right, always, of yeah. Of things that we didn't understand that we saw occur, yeah. right? Anything unexplainable. You know, sometimes it was blamed on ghosts just because, well, what else could it be? Yeah. Yeah. This is a, a dear friend and a teacher to the apostles that is now in their midst and they're going... Uh, <laughs> uh, now what? Do you, do you want some fish? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, and in fact, that's that's something I wanted to bring up. You know, um, he says, "Look, I'm flesh and blood." Shows him his hands and feet, um, and says, uh, "You know, touch me, right?" And then he says, "I'm hungry," and he and they do give him, like you said, uh, uh, some baked fish. I love the line that says, "He took it and ate it in front of them." And here's why. I, I always like to refer to, I like to tell people whenever I'm teaching RCIA, gen, uh, uh, that, that Jesus is a gentleman. And what do I mean by that? In this instance, what I mean by that is that he cares enough not to just say, hey, look, touch me, you can feel me. But he's going to give them a second piece of evidence that he's not a ghost, that he's real, that he really has risen by eating something right in front of them. I mean, how human is that? Only, only living people need to eat something and he's a gentleman in the sense that he's willing to do what's necessary to appease their doubt mm -hmm. their curiosity oh, their yeah. fear he's going to do what's necessary for them because he's meeting them where they're at and that's how jesus is always a gentleman he meets us where he's where we're at yeah. i love that and i think that that level of uh i mean this is the almighty god Right. Yeah. It could have been a parting of the sky. It could have <laughs> right. been an earthquake. It could have been a mm. volcano that stirred up fear and nervousness and all of these things. Mm. He could have came to them in, in a myriad of forms. And yet he comes to them in one that will allow him to continue the teaching. Right. This is a gentleman. This. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have on more than 10 occasions approached people with something of value, right? A message that was valuable, but I didn't meet them where they were, mm, right? Yeah. 
I have something of importance that I need to share with you. And my wife is in the middle of something or <laughs> one of my coworkers is in the middle of a project. And I'm like, I have the most important thing to share. Right, and right. they go, great. Talk to you in five minutes. Dude, <laughs> take a chill pill and wait till I'm at a place where I can actually absorb. Yeah. yeah. And it takes some level of maturity to ever even get close to the quality of a gentleman that, that Christ is in this moment. And he's like, I'm going to give you guys a minute to digest. Well, and I'm, and I'm so immature, so. Right? <laughs> I mean, think about that. Like, I'm going to give you a minute to digest this. And yeah. while you're digesting this, can I have some fish? Can I have some, isn't that great? <laughs> isn't that great? I love it. I mean, it's almost <laughs> comical. Hey, I, uh, I can see that you're chewing on this for a minute. Mm -hmm. can, may, may I have some fish? I'm just going to sit here and wait till you guys are at a place where I can that's communicate. Great. And it probably took about that long. <laughs> oh, well, and actually, yeah, that's right. Cause it's the next piece where he starts teaching them about the scriptures. So he's like, you guys better ponder this because I got more for you coming. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> like, get ready hey, guys. Uh, could you just, I need you to get over this real fast. Cause, um, <laughs> I'm going to send soon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's, he's ascending. Yeah, that's right. Right after this gospel, the next thing is, is the ascension. And so, oh, uh, <laughs> Yeah, he's like, get on board, people, because uh, this is the end. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and, and I love this, too, because just like he did for the two on the road to Emmaus, where he broke open the scriptures, explained the, the, uh, the uh, Old Testament law and the prophets, he's going to do the same thing for his apostles, because they need to understand, look, it, this, wasn't, this wasn't an accident. This wasn't uh, plan B. This was prophesied. This, this was going to happen for all time. Look at... Look at the Old Testament, or what we would, what would be, you know, the Hebrew scriptures, right? Look at these scriptures, and recognize the fact that here, 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 and so on, this is referring to me. This was me. I am the suffering servant. I was the one who was going to come and die. The Messiah was going to do that. He wasn't going to rule. Mm -hmm. He was going to die for your sins. And that your human brains didn't fully understand this. No. And I, and I love, I love that he uses this word. The, everything written about me in the law of Moses and in the prophets and Psalms must be fulfilled. Must. Yeah. What a powerful word, right? Right, right. Like not should be. Right? Well, yeah. Not can be. Must. And, and, I, and he needed his apostles to be on board, to understand this concept because he was going to fulfill everything that was prophesied about him and they were going to go forward and fulfill even further what he's going to do in terms of the establishment of the church. So, okay, guys, you know, screw your heads on right because you need to know this in order to go out and spread the gospel, which is what I'm going to call you to do. You know, and I think even more so the fact that everything that was occurring in his life that they were experiencing had already been written. I mean, these were devout Jewish men that understood the law, the Pentateuch, right? The first five books of the Bible yeah. and the law of Moses, right? They, they knew these things because in order for them to be a part of the community, which with that they belonged to, they needed to know these things. And so it's a, it the is fact written. that it, yeah. it is written, yeah. not it's going to be written. Yeah. Not, hey. Right. Which means it's not an accident. Yeah. I mean, this has been foretold. 
he's he's gonna die and rise um i imagine you know we see time and time again the apostles especially peter we see them make fools of themselves when they they stumble over their words or they 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 think they know something or they believe but then they don't believe or they doubt or they whatever um and jesus always meeting them where they're at always bringing them a step further always proving to them look don't you see don't you understand don't be don't be um unbelieving yes that's right don't be unbelieving um and and see how my father's planned this for all time here i am here i am and you're going to be saved because of all this um and because you are the first to come to this belief because i'm investing so much time and energy in you you're going to go out to all nations beginning in jerusalem and be my witnesses to these things throughout the world amen i mean that's that's awesome. And again, I'm sure they're sitting there going, yeah, we're going to preach to the nations. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but so, but thank said, goodness we still have You said multiple nation, right? That was plural nations. Nations? Yeah, with a, with yeah. a Z. There's a, there's a challenge <laughs> enough because the nation of, uh, that we're currently living in just killed you. <laughs> right. Right? Yeah. And you're saying we're going to take this to everyone. Yeah. You had, I mean, it took something radical. It took something like him rising from the dead to create the energy, right? to create the, the fire that these, men's, these men all gave their lives for. Yeah, in the end, I mean, perfect belief, right? I mean, believed to the point of their, their martyrdom. I yeah. mean, they, they understood it. Um, Not but preaching the life, right? Living the life. Completely, yeah, yeah. And I think that's kind of what we're asking, you know, are you and I, and the beauty is, is sometimes we are and sometimes we're not. Are we living this life that's fully alive? Are we living this life that is in a beautiful union with Christ? And, and still, Jesus is a gentleman. Even to you and I, he meets us where we are. And just like you said, yes, sometimes we are, sometimes we're not. And uh, in those moments when I'm not... Uh, it's amazing the m- multiple ways in which Jesus comes to me and wakes me up again. And yeah. it, it thumps me on the head once more and reminds me, oh, yeah, oh, you are the center of my life. I need to, to live that way. God met the apostles where they were and allowed them to be human, have their doubt. You know, I'm going to eat a piece of fish while you digest the fact that I am here in the flesh. Yeah. And by the way, it's a little bit salty. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't you know Jesus was going to come eat this fish? Couldn't you? You know, for the people that you are surrounded by and I am surrounded by. What if the challenge for the next week was just for us to extend that same courtesy to the people that we are surrounded by? And that our initiatives take a back seat until the appropriate time. Maybe I just focus for this next week on meeting my wife where she is and my family where they are and my coworkers where they are. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I, if I need their interaction, right, with whatever my initiative is, at any given point during the day that I approach them in a context that is receivable 
And for the people that I cannot meet where they are because they're too far off the beaten path, that I pray for. Yeah, that's a wonderful challenge. It's a wonderful challenge. Um, Because so often we're overly concerned with our needs. Um, And I think at the heart of meeting somebody where they are is being aware of what it is they actually need. And if they need us to accept their ignorance or accept their uh, annoyances Mm -hmm. because to challenge them on that would be too difficult for them, then so be it. Yeah. I have, uh, it reminds me of a story that I heard a long time ago. It's very monastic, but it, it, but it still applies. It, re- it reminds me of this uh, community, monastic community, where they would eat uh, their meals in silence. And because of that, then, of course, nobody could ask for anything that they needed, which required everybody who was eating to pay attention to the needs of other people. So if you notice this, you know, brother so-and-so down the table didn't have any mashed potatoes, and the mashed potatoes just sit in front of you, you need to pass them down. If you notice so-and-so, you know, has his mashed potatoes but doesn't have any salt or pepper, you got to pass it. Yeah. Um, th- I think that's just a, a good example for us to think about how can we anticipate the needs of other people? Because by anticipating their needs, not only does it call us out of ourselves, but it allows us to meet them where they're at. Yeah. Yeah, I think of uh, when I don't meet people where they're at, it would be like Christ during his passion, right, where he's carrying a cross, whipped, scourged, everything, for me walking up and being like, hey, Christ, you know, Jesus, could you just, could you just throw me a quick miracle? You know, <laughs> right? like, uh, you know, I know you got, a, I, I know you got stuff going on in your life. Everybody does, right? <laughs> right. Um, Sorry you're busy dying. But... Could you just, um, you know, do a little water to wine here? I got this big old jug of water and we're going to have a party tonight. And Wow. Yeah. Um, and so... It's important to note the crosses that people are carrying, why they're carrying them, because it shows a level of respect for the fellow human beings that are trying to make it through this life alongside you. Yes. Good point. Good point. Man fully alive, right? The glory of God is man fully alive. St. Irenaeus reminds us. And if you have questions, if you have, you know, things that you want to talk about, um, I either seek seek a parish priest, seek someone that is going to guide you to, closer to the Lord as opposed to someone who's going to uh, try to pull you away or pull you into relativism of your truth is your own truth and things that are that are just false, right? Uh, so 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 dive into the community that you're a part of. Dive into the the family that you're a part of. Dive into your relationships, and and. Just over the next week, try to meet people where they are and be joyful the whole time. Yeah, yeah, that really is key. We meet them where they're at, but, but with a good attitude about it. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. So let's, uh, let's <clears throat> pray it out. We should pray, yes. Yeah. Very good. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your word, your inspiring word that calls us to... Uh, ponder your truth, to ponder your resurrection, to ponder all the ways in which you were prophesied, to ponder the way in which you had to die, but gloriously, gloriously rose uh, for us. Uh, And we continue this season of celebration during Easter, and we thank you for the many blessings in our lives. Help us to uh, 
uh, attain this challenge or to attend to this challenge and to meet everyone that, uh, that we come across, all those in our life, our family, with real love, with real joy, but to meet them where they're at, to accept them where they are, and to maybe just join them on their journey and take a step or two with them. We ask all this through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. On behalf of Deacon Nick and Mike with a mic, thank you guys for tuning in. This is Man Fully Alive. Have a great day.